It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. <laughs> I've got my hat on backwards. I've got my shirt untucked. And guess what, folks? I got my fresca, just like Joey said I needed to have. I am having fun. The Reds have won eight of their last nine series and show no signs of slowing down. There's no team more fun to watch right now than the Cincinnati Reds. This team is legit. We're going to tell you why they are in the driver's seat on today's Locked on Reds. Got to fix my hat. You are locked on Reds. Your daily Cincinnati Reds podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Reds, and thank you so much for joining myself, Jeff Carr, and my co-host, Stephen Offenbaker. We are lifelong Cincinnati Reds fans that have turned an addiction to this team into information for you. I want to thank you for taking time out of your day to listen to us talk some Reds with you. We encourage you, if this, if you're listening, to hit us up on Twitter, or if you're watching here on YouTube, drop a thought down in our comments section. For those of you everydayers that like to join us here, thank you so very much for making us part of your day. You are the reason that we continue to talk about this amazing team. And sure, they're lots of fun, but we love talking Reds baseball with you. So make sure you join in with us and you can continue Continue the conversation with us in a couple of different ways. We've got a great Discord server that the list or the link is in the description for you to join the group with us on Discord. And you can join me on subtext. Just text the word I'm in to 513-597-0944. Or there's also a link for that here in the description. And we will talk about all the rumors coming up on the trade deadline for your Cincinnati Reds and how the team can make uh can can be better or are there any rumors at all that's a tease to the next uh, live show coming up on thursday but for now on today's show this team is so much fun we are going to talk about why the lineup stayed hot on wednesday night why the pitching is getting better and we are going to look forward to a very interesting test for brandon williamson coming up on today's early game uh, against the Nationals. Before we get into all of that, I wanted to let you know that today's episode is brought to you by Sleeper. Swing for the fences on Sleeper Picks, and you could win up to 100 times your money. Download the Sleeper app and use promo code Locked On, and you'll get up to $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. See Sleeper's terms of use for details. Currently operational in over 30 states. Check out Sleeper today and what we are going to check out steve is the reds lineup because they were on one on wednesday night they scored nine runs and steve they left 16 men on base we could have been talking about like 20 runs here oh they were a jonathan india pickoff away from blowing that thing wide open i think <laughs> yeah. you know uh, it, it, it had a real opportunity to get away. We could have seen some position player pitching moments uh, had things gone just a little bit differently. But I'll tell you what is fun besides the offense. It's the guys that are contributing and how they're doing it. I want to start with Joey Votto because he continues to heat up. 
He was three for five last night, Jeff, with another home run. He scored two runs in that game. Uh, apparently, he's a base running threat now, and we'll get into <laughs> that in just a minute because he did something I've never seen him do before uh, in that game. And it, it just it shows that his game is evolving. And I really, I really think Jeff that these young guys are just rubbing off on him, and they're going to continue to get him to elevate his game. Is it going to be Hall of Fame Joey Votto numbers? No, but it's going to be above league average Joey Votto numbers. And I, I'm, I'm just happy to see it evolving. Uh, you know, we get poo-pooed every time Joey does something and we talk about it and people are like, oh, yeah, but, you know, what did he do the next day? Well, this series, he continues to deliver, you know, another home run, uh, some great great, maybe not great, but some interesting base running moments. And, you know, Joey's helping the team. And then maybe it was the fr- right when you go to drink some water. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. <clears throat> Dry throat or something. I don't know what's going on, but maybe it's the fresca. I don't know. There's something in the fresca for Joseph Daniel Votto because he had a great day and he was asked after the game. He said, you know, the other day he said, he's just looking for that game that he breaks out and then everything's fine. You know, the big game. And he was asked, was that the big game? I don't know. I, feel like um, I, 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 I don't. I, I don't feel like I've quite, quite got it going yet in terms of my swing. But I feel like I've made really good progress, and that um, I'm happy that I, I can. You know, I'm happy that I can you know, help the team um, as often as I can when I'm on the field. That's so Joey, man. I mean, a three-hit day. He had two singles in that in that home run. The homer tied it. So technically, by the way, this was another comeback win because they were down one to nothing before they finally, you know, went off. But uh, that is the key Joey answer that just follows along with where he's at. I, I was talking about this earlier today with somebody else in that he is able to fall into his comfort zone with this team. Think about in the past, there's been lots of people that like to say, well, he's not really a vocal leader. He never has been. He's never had to be. And in the years where he was the key player on this roster, people wanted him to be, and he just never really became that guy. Now he doesn't have to be, he can just be a dude in this lineup. And he is absolutely falling into that uh, in, in a good way. Yeah, and and listen, uh, not to be outdone just at the plate. Uh, I think the the running Reds have got Joey feeling himself a little bit. Did, <laughs> yeah. did you see this play where he ends up inducing a balk because he kind of he was going to steal a base, Jeff? That's what was going to happen. <laughs> he was trying to jump out to a big secondary lead to steal second, and instead <laughs> the pitcher doesn't step off, but makes a move. Joey puts on the brakes. It ends up being a balk scoring a run. And then later in the same half inning, Joey's at third base and there's a little trickler down the third baseline. And because apparently you need to respect Votto's speed, the throw doesn't go home. It goes to first instead, allowing a run to score. That was a bad decision. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Jamer Candelario should have thrown it home. I, I think, okay, here's a bold prediction for you rest of the way. Joey's going to get a steal. Now, it might be against the Washington Nationals, who's uh, between Caber Ruiz and the guy who got yesterday, whose name is escaping me. But uh, between those two guys, the Reds have so many steals on these two catchers, and they're going to break. Uh, or, I, mean, I know 1995 was the most steals that they had before the All Star break in a long time. They passed that already. Up and, and I just love what they've been doing on the base running side of things. And speaking of base running, 
later on in the game, you saw a steal from Ellie De La Cruz, and that was like the fifth most impressive thing that he did because why? Davey Martinez made him mad early on in the game. Well, why did he think? Apparently, the lesson to learn here is don't tick off Ellie De La Cruz because <laughs> uh, once upset, he went off. He had a great game, Jeff. He was three for six, yeah. scored two runs. Uh, you know, and obviously there was this controversy. You know, the Nationals dugout and Martinez challenged this device that is attached to the knob of Ellie De La Cruz's bat. And after a lengthy delay in which the umpires actually called up New York to get a ruling on this, it was determined that no, Ellie could not bat with this device. And my understanding is this device tracks his bat speed and, and yeah. helps him. They said it was like a sensor, speed. like a, yeah. yeah. So he was forced to take it off for that at bat. And turns out upon further investigation, he's had this thing all along. He had approval from Major League Baseball. So he got to put it back on for the next at bat and he was ticked off. Yeah. And and David Bell kind of detailed why this happened. And I appreciated the detail that he went into. Uh, so it's a, a knob on his bat that, had, that we as an organization got approved by Major League Baseball. Um, the umpires did not have record of that. The replay... Uh, crew where they called to, to double check and didn't have record of it so we had to take an extra step um, get word to the replay crew and then um, the umpire crew contacted them and by the second of bat it was uh, cleared up so um, not ideal but um, you know it, it was one at bat that, that Ellie had to take without you know being uh, as comfortable because it's something he's used for a long time so that's why we we, we took the steps and made the effort to make sure it was approved. Um, so it, did, it was the one at bat he had to hit without that. And then, uh, fortunately, we did what we had to do to make sure that he could hit with it in a second. That is why whenever he hit the home run, the monster shot, 455 estimated feet, 111.6 miles an hour off the bat absolutely laser into the second deck and right field he turned around and he pointed to the knob on the bat just like what because davy martinez knew the the nationals knew what they were doing they were trying to play head games with him and he's just like ain't gonna work pal ain't gonna work pal i got three hits tonight what are you gonna do about that and so Davey Martinez getting all butthurt about it after the game and say i didn't like that he didn't point to the knob it's like get over it dude you lost you know i was a little worried that we might have a home plate incident I, when when i saw him yeah. do that <laughs> I, I was really i really locked in on the end of that home run trot because i was afraid there were going to be words between ellie and the catcher but it it stayed cool and everything was fine but you know i i like that kind of fire uh yeah sort of that's you know what i i'm not I'm not stuffy and I don't think that uh, it was really all that disrespectful. I mean, it was an answer. It was an answer to a challenge. And uh, you know, if you're the nationals and you don't want Ellie to have that moment, then don't let him hit a home run. And you know what? We should be thinking Davey Martinez for trying to play these head games because it's very possible coming into this third game. You got a getaway day game tomorrow, the way that they've been playing. Maybe they kind of sleepwalk through this game a little bit. Josiah Gray, all-star because you know, every team gets an all-star, but still he's had a pretty nice first half of the season. So you could see some explanation where the bats might go to sleep. And then this happens and they're like, no, we're going to destroy the nationals 
and they did because on top of the amazing performances from Joey and Ellie, you had a multi-hit game from TJ Friedel, Jake Fraley, Will Benson. Everybody was getting on base at least two or three times. He had a couple of different walks. Matt McClain kind of had a tough luck day. Like I feel like he should have had two or three hits and they ended up getting robbed from him because that was the one guy the Nationals decided to play defense against today. But overall, just a beautiful game as the Reds completely dismantled the Nationals once again. Yeah, and let's not forget that one of Joey Votto's hit came off of a left-handed pitcher. Uh, Jake Fraley off of a left-handed pitcher. Uh, I'll take that. Uh, that's exciting. That That is a difference maker when some of these left-handed bats start hitting left-handed pitching. And I know, small sample size, but it, it's very, very encouraging. Uh, I just hope yep. that with the bats staying hot, that means the Reds are going to continue to stay hot. And by the way, two-game lead in the National League Central. Graham Ashcraft pitched around some trouble for six strong innings last night. His resurgence transforms this team in many ways. We'll tell you why coming up next. Before we get to that, I want to talk about one of the sponsors of today's podcast. Are you using the Sleeper app for your daily fantasy baseball? Well, if you're not, you are missing out. You can get higher payouts than other apps with less picks. Entries can be made in 30 seconds or less. It's just that easy. Plus, Sleeper has safe and fast withdrawals. Do you want to make 100 times your money on daily fantasy baseball? Well, Sleeper is now offering up to 100 times payout for up to eight pick contests. Choose as many as eight players that you like and pick more or less on your favorite baseball stats like home runs, strikeouts, hits, and more. Get your picks right and you could win big. Use the promo code locked on and you'll get up to a hundred dollar match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. See Sleeper's terms of use for details. Currently operational in over 30 states. Check out Sleeper today. The Reds and the Nationals finish up this four-game set with the Reds looking for a sleep. It gets underway at 1.05 p.m. Eastern time. That's 7.05 a.m. if you're hanging out with me here in Hawaii. And if you can't be at the ballpark, you can catch every pitch with me on the beach. The Reds' hometown broadcast is available with SiriusXM on the SXM app. Just download the app and search the word Reds. Thanks, as always, for making Locked on Reds your first listen every day. Everydayers, we have a live show coming up today, 4 p.m. Eastern time. That's going to be just a little bit after this Reds game ends. Jeff and I are going to take a look at the trade deadline. It's getting closer and closer. We're going to be talking about some rumors. We're going to be talking about some suggested deals. And we're going to be talking about whether or not the Reds should really do anything at all. We can't wait to talk about all that with you. 4 p.m. Eastern time today. All right, Jeff, with Ashcraft looking a little bit better, it's starting to look like he's figuring things out. I'm wondering if he's going to maybe not be an overpowering strikeout kind of guy the rest of the way. He's looking more and more like we're hearing this on the broadcast. I know that Cowboy's been talking about it. I know Chris Welsh was talking about it. He's been allowing a lot of soft contact. You know, guys are getting around on him. They're putting the bat on the ball but they're not really able to do anything with it. They're not being able to drive the ball. When hits sneak through, it's soft stuff. It's base hits. He's not really allowing anybody to hit for power against him. And, you know, that gra that Graham Ashcraft plays all right. That guy's okay yeah. in this rotation. And, you know, it, it seems like each time out now for his last three starts, he's looked a little bit better. 
And I think the key with that is the the pitch mix that he has. And we've talked about this before, how he kind of needs that that other pitch that breaks a different way from his cutter and his slider. And I think that the way that he can still be successful without that third pitch, without that that out pitch, if you will, is the fact that those pitch do have a little bit of movement. When you're talking about the cutter and the slider, none of it's straight. A hitter is not going to be able to key up exactly on where it's going to be. So they might be able to get the ball on it. And the, the Nationals got the ball, got the bat on the ball on Wednesday night. They got seven hits, but all of them were singles. There were no real hard hit type contact against Graham Ashcraft's pitches. And the key with all of this is he can have confidence in the defense behind him because ever since Matt McClain and Ellie De La Cruz were added to the infield, this team is turning a lot more double plays. They're turning a lot more ground balls into outs, and that's kind of translated to the outfield being a lot better as well. Like Spencer Steer plays very well in left field, and Jake Fraley and TJ Friedel are pretty good defensively as well. They can cover a lot of ground. So with all of that being said, like, he doesn't have to be Hunter Green or Nick Lodolo or, or Andrew Abbott and go out there and get 12 strikeouts to start. He can be the guy that goes out there and throws seven or eight innings and only throws like, you know, I don't know, 90 pitches, 100 pitches, something like that, and saves the bullpen. That is of immense value, especially right now for a bullpen that's just overtaxed. But his profile still makes this pitching staff so much better whenever he understands his strengths. You know, I know you're um, probably not old enough to have a lot of memories of Tom Browning on the mound for the Reds, but you know, I grew up watching Tom Browning and the way that Ashcraft is pitching right now reminds me a lot of Tom Browning. It's like a nose to the grindstone, grind it out, let the defense work for you. You know, Browning also benefited from having some great defenders behind him, a guy named Barry Larkin, for one. Uh, yeah. You know, and, and we've seen that with, with Ashcraft, you're right. The left side of the infield, you really have to work to get something through there right now with De La Cruz and McLean playing yeah. at the same time. You know, I think we keep hearing that the Reds are playing – old school baseball. They're playing small ball. They're playing, they're doing things the old way. I, we hear various versions of that coming from a lot of different sources right now and, and not, and not in a bad way. It's not being said with negative right. connotations. It's, you know, it's almost a said with appreciation, especially for people, you know, my age, a little bit younger, a little bit older that, that, came up on that style of baseball and right now watching guys like Ashcraft who give up a lot of ground ball contact and let this defense make great plays behind them. You know, that's the old way. That's how we came up watching Reds baseball. And it's, it's been exciting to watch and you know, you can give up seven hits, all singles. And as long as it's not seven in a row, you're probably going to come out of that. Okay. Right. And you know, I got a theory about that kind of responding to the, the playing the baseball, the old way. I, I think there's definitely some credence to that. And they're doing that on the field, but I think that more what is comparing them to playing baseball the way that things used to be is the fact that they're playing good. Reds used to be good whenever they played the old way. And now that they're good again, it's like, oh, yes, they're playing the old way. I think it's just because we're finally seeing the fruits of all of our waiting and, 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 and the prospects and all this other stuff. We're seeing all these guys come up and fill out this team. And they have been able to build something that 
looks sustainable from where we're starting right now. This is just the starting line. We're not even in to, you know, the circuit here, the, the race, the contention window that we're talking about. And the fact that they've been able to do it with the pitching that we've seen. And, and I know there's been people in the comments section that are just like, y'all's pitching's terrible. Once your hitting slows down, you're going to slow down. I'm like, Dude, if you hadn't looked, last couple of starts for the Reds have been very good, and the bullpen has been a lot better than people want to give them credit for so far this year. That continued on Wednesday night. That, more than anything, is what has us so bullish on our future playoff prospects and what we're looking at even just in this season because this isn't the final form of this team. The final form of this team involves Hunter Green, involves Nicola Dolo, involves Graham Ashcraft that consistently pitches like we've been seeing, and involves Andrew Abbott continuing to move forward, and whatever Brandon Williamson can give us later, you know, what we see from him on Thursday. And it gives me chills thinking about what this team could be and how they're not even at their potential. Jeff, this is the same team that now has a two-game lead in the National League Central that started the year with both Connor Overton and Luis Sessa <laughs> in the rotation. And somewhere along the way, we got rid of Overton and Sessa, but also lost Green and Lodolo. And still, they have a two-game lead. And a lot of it is because of this bullpen that we've been talking about, who has pitched above and beyond what really should have been expected from them. And they did it again last night. You know, In spite of Derek Law allowing a run on two hits in his one inning of work, his ERA is still sub three. And, and you know, for a reliever, they give up a couple of runs. All of a sudden, they look terrible because their ERA balloons. So that tells you how good he pitched prior to his injury because giving up a run didn't really move the needle very much on his earned run average. So he's going to be just fine. He's valuable now, and it's great to have a rested arm back in that bullpen. Alex Young, a scoreless eighth. Fernando Cruz, a scoreless ninth. You want to know what the most exciting thing about that is, Jeff? I did not say Lucas Sims. I did not say Buck Farmer. I did not say Alexis Diaz. And for the second game in a row, we did not say Alexis Diaz. And that is huge heading into a big, big, big series of seven games between the All-Star, sandwiched around the All-Star breaks with the biggest challenger to the Reds in the division, the Milwaukee Brewers. In which the Reds could really, really create some space if they win. I, I even say even just four out of those seven. Like if you win four out of the seven, you gain one game out of this like sandwich series. That's what we're going to call it, by the way, the sandwich series. I officially now want to go make a sandwich and, and I'm hungry. But yeah, I know. Like, man, man, I had a really good one. Never mind. We're not going to get off topic. Uh, <laughs> I am. I am with you on this, though. I'm viewing this through a single series lens. Uh, yes. This is. This is very. Now I know it's not going to be a back and forth evenly split, but split. But it feels very playoff baseball ish, where we've got some of the games away and some of the games at home in a series. That's how this feels. And, you know, it's sandwiched with the games being in Milwaukee before the All-Star break and in Cincinnati after the All-Star break. But make no mistake, uh, if the Reds can do four wins or better in that seven-game series, uh, you talk about being in the driver's seat. I said this up top, that the Reds are in the driver's seat. They control their own destiny now. A two-game lead in yep. the division, a big opportunity against probably the most likely team to overtake them. You beat the snot out of the Brewers in these seven games, you may propel them on their way to dismantling that team. 
it could yep. have huge implications within the division for what happens with the Brewers after this seven game series. And then you, you know, then it's the likes of the Cubs, the Pirates, and the Cardinals. And I don't know if you've looked down division right now, but there's not really a whole lot going on down there to even pay attention to. And I, I, man, that is something, and it's something we've been looking at with this Brewers team. They could blow it up. And by the way, Marcus Stroman pitches for the Cubs against the Brewers today. He's been like the best pitcher in the National League. There's a real shot here, real, real shot for the Reds if Brandon Williamson can deliver a beautiful start and if the Reds' bats can continue to just mash here in this finale. Um, and we're going to tell you why this test is very important for the Reds, but also for Brandon Williamson coming up next. Before we talk about that, though, I want to let you know, Reds and Nationals finish up their four-game set today at 1.05 p.m. Eastern time. Depending on when you're listening to this, you might be listening to it during the game. But if you can't be at the ballpark, you can catch every pitch of the Reds' hometown broadcast with SiriusXM on the SXM app. Just search the word Reds. You can also follow Lockdown Reds on all podcasting platforms, including your favorite and on YouTube. Also, join the community on Discord. I mentioned it at the top of the show. We've got a great community talking Reds all throughout the day on Discord. I got the link down in the description. And you can join me on subtext and get a direct line to me. Just text I'm in to 513-597-0944. And we'll be talking all about the rumors as they happen. I'm going to bring you every single Reds trade rumor through this trade deadline season. They're on subtext. Just text I'm in to 513-597-0944. All right, Steve, uh, Brandon Williamson is back on the mound today. Had a pretty decent start out his last time. He's going to face Mackenzie Gore in this finale in Washington. There, there's so many, so many things about a four-game sweep, even if it's at home, that are tough. But the Reds have a shot on the road to do this, and Brandon Williamson really has a shot to make a name for himself moving forward. He does, and things line up really well for the Reds here. Uh, let's talk about Mackenzie Gore for just a second. Uh, he started off fairly good on the season, a left-handed pitcher. In his last seven starts, though, Jeff, he's gone one and four with a 5.3 ERA. His last time out against the Phillies, they put it on him. He only lasted two and two-thirds of an inning. He gave up seven runs on six hits. I think uh, with the way that the Reds have been hitting lefties of late, this is a great matchup to get out of the nation's capital with, as you say, the four, the elusive four game sweep. And I think the key is if which Brandon Williamson do we get? Do we get the Brandon Williamson who was like his last time out where he pitched five innings where he only allowed two runs on three hits? But here was the key in that start, Jeff, he struck out five. He only walked one batter. And that has been the biggest knock against Brandon Williamson is that he walks too many guys. If the Reds are going to pull this sweep off, he's got to be that guy. He's got to be that Brandon Williamson that doesn't issue the free passes. Because like we talked about with Graham Ashcraft, if the other team puts the ball in play, that's fine. This defense has got you. There's enough talent on the field to back you up. But if you walk guys for free, if you give up the free bases, well, you know, Cam Miller, our buddy, is going to be busy posting the walks will haunt Jeff because uh, that's really what is Brandon Williamson's undoing when he's undone. Well, and I think that it also takes an added meaning against this Nationals team because, yes, Graham Ashcraft is very adept at, a, at a keeping – hard contact to a minimum and, and not letting the opponents barrel up the baseball. But 
there's something about this Nationals lineup that I think singles are just about the sum of their threats to this Reds pitching staff. So if you can keep the base on balls to a minimum, if you can keep free passes down, if you, you know, you're not hitting guys, you're not um allowing them, you know, just to get on the base pass for free and the only reason that Graham Ashcraft allowed a run was a wild pitch. So you want to win the battle of the true outcomes. Yes. Win the battle of the three true outcomes. Then Brandon Williamson will win this start and the Reds will win this game. Because I think that this is a situation. And I think most people would say, well, they just lost three in a row. The Nationals are going to come in hungry. They're going to come in like a wounded animal that's stuck in the corner and they got nowhere to go but up. And it's just like if the Reds get up early in this game, the Nationals are going to check out. The the Nationals are going to be like – we're done with this. Reds, please just get out of town. Just just go. And if they can get up early, Brandon Williamson should just be able to throw strikes for the rest of the game. We could be talking about a five-inning start. We could be talking about a six-inning start for Brandon Williamson. And maybe, maybe, dare I say, another day where they rest Alexis Diaz. That, that would be huge. I, I mean, yeah. for me, I, I almost, unless... I mean, every game matters now, Jeff. We're, we're in a pennant race. So if, if it's a one-two run ball game, you got to use Alexis Diaz eighth and ninth right. inning because he's rested and available. But three runs, I think I try to not pitch Alexis Diaz. Three yeah. runs or greater a lead at the end of the ball game today. I'm telling Alexis Diaz, thank you, but just keep sipping your soda. We'll see you in Milwaukee. Because yeah. what a tremendous advantage it will be for the Reds if they go to Milwaukee with Diaz having not pitched for the last three Huge. days. You, you'll be able to use him for sure two of the three days in Milwaukee. And then as long as he only pitches an inning during the all-star break, you know, he'll be available for three of the four games coming out of the break in Cincinnati. So having him available for, you know, five of the seven games, basically that's, that's a big deal. That is a huge deal for this Reds bullpen. So, so I, I really hope Brandon Williamson can give him six innings because then you can get through the seventh, the eighth and the ninth and not really need to worry about using Alexis Diaz. And hopefully that segment ages well because that's how we're going in today's podcast thanks everybody for checking out locked on reds here today if this is your first time make sure that you are subscribed and before we get out of here don't forget that you can catch every pitch of the reds hometown broadcast with sirius xm on the sxm app just search the word reds that'll wrap up this edition though of locked on reds thanks as always for making us your first listen every day as we've got a live show coming at you today for p.m. Eastern time. We're going to be looking at how the Reds can go through this trade deadline without making any deals, and they're still going to come out on top. Got some thoughts about that uh, coming up on today's live show, so make sure you join us. But until then, Steve, what can the people expect from us cool cats? They're going to expect us to continue to dial in on the rumors, dial in on what's going on with the waivers, dial in on what's happening down in AAA. We're still keeping an eye on CES. We're going to gather up all that information, bring it right back here to keep everyone locked on Reds every single day. I think there's a couple of people in the comment section thought we'd get through a whole show without saying CES. (laughs) Disappointment. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.